All right. Uh, what happened uh, last weekend, Colorado Springs, you know, shades of Orlando Pulse 2016 here uh, to discuss. Practicing attorney, judge, adjunct law professor, University of Denver, Denver Sturm College of Law uh, in uh, Colorado. And uh, her name is Karen Steinhauser. And good to have her back. I haven't had her on in a while. First off, how have you been? And everything okay? Everything's okay. Thank you for having me back. It is good to have you. Woke you up at an early time. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Troubling events. You know what, really? Well, first off, give us the landscape. I know Colorado Springs, I believe, is the second largest city in the state next, of course, to Denver. But give us an idea regarding the communities, the landscape, what's going on, uh, the the wounds sustained. Uh, It it must be just completely uh, devastating out there. Uh, If you can give us uh, a little bit of the temperature, what's going on? You know, it's it's just incredibly painful. Today, it's... um... You know, we, there was a candlelight vigil last night in Denver with uh, the Anti-Defamation League and a number of other faith-based based groups. There's been candlelight vigils in Colorado Springs um, everywhere. I think, you know, Colorado is a fairly um, welcoming place. It is a place where we have an openly gay governor, um, and Colorado Springs is a fairly conservative community. It's, it is the second largest in the state. Um, and the, the nightclub, the Q, was one of the few places in Colorado Springs that I think was considered by so many uh, in the LGBTQ plus community a very safe haven, a very safe place for people to be. And so the sense of safety and security that, that people have felt has just been shattered. Um, and and, and um, Colorado has just been through way too many of these mass shootings, and people are just hurting. Unfortunately, we have had you on based on some of this stuff. Uh, the supermarkets shooting. You go back to Columbine, 1999, the theater shooting, Batman. Uh, the movie that was being played. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. What troubles me most here is this gunman, uh, this uh, Anderson Lee Aldrich, his name is, who killed five, 25-plus injured here. He had prior run-ins with the law, including, by the way, threatening his own mother with a homemade bomb. This is what we've been reading here. Uh, As he recovers in in a hospital after this attack, uh, he was, uh, he had, of course, arrested and whatnot. But you go back to June of last year, Judge, uh, and that for allegedly making a threat to detonate an explosive, according to the records. He had multiple weapons, uh, ammunition in his possession. Uh, you know, he, he threatened to unleash, unleash all of this uh, uh, carnage. Uh, causing, I think it was like 10 homes in the area to be evacuated. And the big question is, what happened here? Red flag logs, and I understand records are sealed. It helped him evade these laws and potential seizure of weapons. And what went awry here, I guess, is the big question. 
Well, and and that's still something that's being investigated. You know, and I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why police have not officially called this a hate crime. They, you know, they're still investigating, still trying to figure out who this person is, um, what the what the motives were. You know, I I think it it it, it has all the makings of a hate crime. Um, but even with his history and his, it, we know we don't know. What else is at play there? Um, you know, everything that the police know at this point is that they did not find the explosives that he was threatening back a year ago. And that was one of the reasons that people suspect why the case was dismissed. So um, I don't believe there was actually a prosecution, you know, of him. But again, it's we do have a, you know, a red flag law here. We do have the ability to be able to take guns away if there's a concern of somebody being a threat to themselves or others. But what we're also finding is, even with these red red flag laws, that they are very sporadically enforced. You know, that it is not um, something, and Colorado apparently has been on the lower end of enforcing you know, these types of laws. So there's still so many questions um, to be answered. And again, just the the pain and grief. You know, it's you, you have the, the, we've had the Aurora Theater shooting, we have Columbine, you know, we've had the Planned Parenthood out in um, Colorado Springs as well. But, you know, when there is a, a crime that it appears the target also is because of whether it's somebody's race, somebody's religion, you know, like our synagogue shootings that we've had in the country, you know, or somebody's um, sexual orientation. Um, it, it's it's even, I think it's so much more painful that, that people, when people feel they're targeted because of, of just by being, because of who they are. Um, and and wondering where is there a safe place in, in this in this country in this state? Uh, it's it's just it's very difficult. And you know we've also we also had some incredible heroics. Uh, you know at that club, one one guy who was uh, who was there with his family and was an army veteran, and um, his daughter and wife are, are recovering from their injuries, but the daughter's boyfriend. Uh, that they were also there with was one of the five victims uh, who was yeah. so uh, her- you know, heroic. But, but he tackled this. I mean, he he went you know he went into full combat mode, and um, you know and and there could have been so many more casualties. So you know it's like this this also these types of things. Not only you see the the worst of just humanity, but I think you also then see some of the best of, of people. Trying to help others of the community that that um, comes together. And Coloradoans are known they you know they come together when when there's been tragedies and just horrific kinds of things like this. Coloradoans um, come together. And you you know again it's it's communities who come together with this. But you think about. Uh, especially, you know, I know a lot of the activists, gun control activists, um, you know, they're wondering regarding these laws. 
if they have been utilized, whether the red flags are, whether this type of tragedy might have been prevented or whether it at least could have flagged uh, this guy, this guy Aldrich, and that to authority. See, that's the biggest thing here. If it's utilized properly, you hope incidents like these, like this, could be averted. And that's one of the biggest things that will stand out right now, you know, uh, because there's so much dialogue going on in this country right here um, that, and we have seen this before, and that is the failure to utilize these types of situation if they are in place. The, the, this is why these things are in place, you know, and that's one of the biggest problems I, I find around this country. We certainly have it in New York. Uh, plenty of incidents regarding this stuff, and now we have it in but, Colorado here. So, uh, Jay, we're t- we're talking about somebody. The the issue of in this particular case, this person was able to, uh, from what it, what we know at this point, be able to purchase these weapons legally. Um, it is what I have seen is that it is not difficult for people to get their hands on weapons if they want them. So, you know, I, I think it's a bigger issue than red flag laws and, you know, and everything else. Plus the fact with red flag laws, it's, it, it requires, if it's utilized, and if the judge is, does find somebody's a danger to themselves or others, basically it's a two-week kind of period of time to kind of do an assessment, things like that, and the judge can only extend that order you know, up to a year, and that's up to uh, a year maximum. So, you know, I, I think part of it is is we want to look for answers. We want to look for ways that could this have been prevented because maybe then we'll feel safer if we know that there was some reason why this, this could have happened. But then the other piece of it is is we we, we have people who just hate, and if they're intent on hurting people, a group of people, for whatever reason, um, you know, what we've been seeing around the country is that they find a way to do that. No, there's no question. There's no question about it. And you have people that are walking around that have serious mental problems, mental health problems. In this particular case, this guy was, was responsible for the evacuation of 10 homes. And you're only going back June of last year, you know, so and and that for threatening to detonate a bomb. So, you know, you want to be able to monitor these types of individuals. You know, you can't monitor everyone, but certainly somebody who had made a viable threat has to be on the radar and has to be continuously to be monitored. I mean, that has to be in play. And, And again, you know. We talk about it all the time. You know, the FBI, the watch list, terroristic type threats, people evading. You know, somehow, some way, we have to improve the system overall. And that's one of the biggest fallacies that I see around this country, you know, um, in all aspects. But we have to do a better job. We must do a better job. Yeah, there's plenty of hate. We we need to do those type of reparations somehow. But... Uh, realistically, we have to do a better job as those who want to harm. This guy has had a history 
those who have a history have to be monitored properly. We just don't do that anymore. Go ahead. Yes, no, I, I, you know, I agree with you that even with the, if the red flag law had been able to be in in play, the most that the judge could have um, kept those guns out of his hands was a year. So troubling, very troubling, uh, very troubling aspect. Uh, going forward, how does Governor Polis kind of go about business here? What does he have to do to ensure safety uh, in these communities? Uh, he just won re-election. What, what do you think transpires here regarding government there? Well, I think it's, it's you know, in large part, too, it's up to the individual mayors of the cities in terms of, you know, looking at their police departments. It's making sure that, you know, I think what's gonna what we're going to see is more security at uh, so many places, Jay. I mean, we have security at synagogues and churches and, and um, you know, it's like, what do you do? Do you put um, guards at every grocery store like we had in the, you know, our shooting up in, in Boulder at the, at the grocery store? You know, I mean, um, what do we have to we that the police departments are so shorthanded everywhere these days too you know people don't want to be prosecutors people don't want to be uh, police officers you know just um, I don't know I, I think I think um, that's going to be a, a, a lot more discussion I mean uh, uh, this person's going to be prosecuted in Colorado Springs the Colorado does not have a death penalty anymore. So I'm sure that the federal government is going to be looking at whether there are federal hate crime laws that um, could come into play here because the federal government does have a death penalty. So, you know, those are all just questions um, for the time ahead. Um, but even with with armed guards at places, things like that. How do you give people back their sense of safety and security, that they can walk into a store who they are, dressed as who they are, looking and being who they are as an individual without fear that they may go someplace to have a good time with their family and lose their life that day? How do you give people that kind of security back that they are safe no matter how many police officers you have no matter how much security that you have I don't know that you ever really give people the sense of being safe somewhere Puff, especially like Aldrich again who has a history uh, allegedly used anti-gay slurs Um, a, a quote here allegedly chillingly said it's not the gun you've got to be afraid of it's the people um and a lot of it is uh, is upon the individual himself uh but you know that's always up for discussion and whatnot but you know it also goes to the fact that uh he enjoyed going with his mother to uh to a range where rapid fire was permitted surely there have been signs here we say it all the time you know parents you know they need to be held somewhat accountable 
of the actions yeah. of their kids. You know, yeah, and I don't think that's emphasized enough in, the, in this country. Yeah. Well, he was 22 years old. Yeah. Right. So. But, but still, signs had to be out there. Signs were out there, without question, of this guy. Had to be. Well, you know, we see we see anti-gay speech everywhere. We see it online. We see anti-Semitic speech, anti-black, anti-Asian. Okay, there there's there is so much hate in this country right now. I mean, there's no question about it. Even even the uh, the situation. You know, listen, politics is always going to bring that out. Lauren Barber just got reelected out there, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, they go as far as, uh, you know, uh, AOC here locally in New York and some of the comments of Lauren Barber in the past regarding the LGBTQ community. I mean, there's, there's never a day of rest. There's never a day of coming together uh, to try and cure all this stuff. It's a back and forth, very divisive. We're never going to fix it until we all come together somehow, some way. And show a little common sense thinking here. But uh, we grieve for the community out there. We can't thank you enough, Judge, for coming on for a couple of minutes. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jay.